Hello, we are three women of a certain age, and today we are here at Farmer Boys in Murrieta. And you know why we're at Farmer Boys? <laughs> we're big babies. <laughs> it was too cold to walk. <laughs> okay, we have a rule. If it, we're okay, so we are Californians. If it's below forty, we don't walk. We don't walk. <laughs> and when we got here, what temperature was it? It was 36, did I say? In yes, the car? 36. 36. So that so, was definitely too cold. Yeah. <laughs> there was frost on my car when I came out. Uh, I had to scrape it off the windshield. I know. Life is hard. <laughs> I know. For all you guys that live back in, in normal, real places. They're like, I know. 36? My daughter walked weather. home from work the other day. It was 20 degrees. Uh, uh, see, people. there are people that like that. But we live in California for a reason. Exactly. I always tell people, this is why I live here. Yes. Not for the high taxes, not for any other reason. I live here for the weather. So, yeah. you know, yes. that's it. That's it. Okay. But today is also the first day of Advent. And did you, have you guys ever celebrated? I mean, was Advent ever a big thing in oh, your yes. life? Was yes. it? Yes. Not, not in my family. It wasn't. I, I never celebrated Advent, but I've started getting into it the last few years. Huh. And I actually, for the first time bought an advent wreath and I can't wait to get it out of the oh. box and set it up with the candles and everything nice. so that I can go through the four Sundays of Advent and in case you don't know Advent is the four Sundays before Christmas as you look forward to await you know Christmas the coming of Jesus on Christmas morning so that is what the Advent and that's why Advent calendars are the same thing where you go through and you um, open a door every single day and you're waiting for to count down to Christmas. Although, I don't know, some of the Advent calendars... Oh, you mean like the beer ones? Yeah. Or the vodka ones? Exactly. You knew what I was thinking. <laughs> yes, like, I did. I don't quite understand, because I don't quite... I don't know, I guess... Well, it doesn't... It, it doesn't has, go with the meaning of it Christmas? It doesn't go... It has nothing to do with the meaning of Christmas. It is solely marketing. Like, there are coffee ones and tea uh -huh. ones. and mm -hmm. I mean... But, you know, if you're into beer, I, I, don't, I don't think they're awaiting the birth of Christ, though. That's Seriously. what I don't think they're awaiting the birth Seriously. of Christ. I don't which think that's was another thing, Which is totally off the subject of what we were going to talk about, but that's okay. But Because I thought this morning, as I was doing my Advent devotional, I was thinking, like, why is it Christian holidays are celebrated by non-Christians, but you hardly ever would see someone celebrating Hanukkah that wasn't Jewish or Ramadan that wasn't um, Muslim or something like that. You wouldn't see that. But yet, Christmas Christianity is, is the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Because I feel like it gets hijacked and it's not like the, the meaning. It's the most commercialized. Yes. And the meaning of it gets lost But sometimes. also, that is because we are here in America. Mm -hmm. If we lived in the Middle East and it was Ramadan season, or, you know, Southeast Asia, the marketing would be different. They would be marketing Ramadan and... But you would know, you celebrate it as a Christian if you're in another country? Would you celebrate Ramadan? Probably not. I'd probably, as not being Muslim, I would probably like just have a family day at home. Uh huh. So I just thought, I think that's because, interesting you know what, because what is we. Ramadan? I mean, I can't remember exactly what it is. I know they don't eat during the day and then they eat at night. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But I mean, there's still, you know, there's like these different holidays that you, only if you're that religion, 
do you celebrate? But yet, the two biggest Christian holidays to me, which are Christmas and Easter, Easter right. everybody celebrates. And I told you, Christmas. it's because we're so cool. Mm. Okay. I'm, you know, it's, it's because it's a way for businesses to market and make mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And it's almost become, it's, to me, Christmas and Easter are like two separate holidays in one. Mm-hmm. Because I do with my kids growing up, mm-hmm. I celebrated Christmas, mm-hmm. the Santa Claus mm-hmm. and the elves and all that fun gift giving. But then there was a time we would talk about it as being Christmas, the yeah, religious, religious part. part. Mm-hmm. But I never tried to combine the two because they're not related. Uh-huh. You know, it's almost like you're having two holidays in one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same with Easter. There's yeah. an Easter bunny. Well, mm-hmm. how does that have anything to do with Christianity? I mean, well. Except one thing I did do, though, with Easter is that my kids' Easter baskets were all filled with more religious type things. Okay. To me, that of the two holidays, for what it, that just seemed like the holier one. Mm-hmm. But that's I don't know. Well, that's good that you combine them. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. No, but because that, it just you know, seemed yeah. like yeah, two different things. Two different you, things. I so totally understand that. Yeah, I did celebrate them, but mm-hmm. I don't look at it like oh, Christmas is this. Except during like yeah. when the kids were little, we'd take them to church and go mm-hmm. to church programs mm-hmm. for Christmas, but not. The rest of the Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was a different holiday. We <laughs> I get that. We sometimes uh-huh. celebrated Easter as, as we would do Passover and mm-hmm. then do Easter. Uh-huh. So I have an amazing story. Okay. It's, okay. So let me, let me t- preface this with, this is Mona Rose, so be prepared. <laughs> Hold on to your socks. Uh-oh. So I decided we're going to do Passover mm-hmm. and Follow, you know, follow Easter. Uh-huh. So one of the traditions of Passover is to smear blood on the doorstop. Uh-huh. And, um, Uh-oh. So, <laughs> I'm afraid. Oh, Me no. Too. Oh, no. It's so good. It's so good. So I got a little Easter egg, mm. a plastic one. I mm. filled it up with ketchup, and then I put <laughs> cotton balls all over it so it looked like a little lamb. And we went in the front yard, and my son... Chopped oh, it in half. My gosh. And only, it on the doorpost. only for Mona Rose. Oh my! <laughs> but wait, it gets better. Yeah. So my son thought this was great, you know. And one of the Polish things is you write the names of the. Um, oh God, I probably screwed this one up too. The names of the wise men on oh. the on the top of the doorpost. Oh. So, so anyway, so we did that, and then we had our our special Passover meal. So when my son got to be a teenager, mm-hmm. and. He's going to youth group, and he, they're going to do Passover at his girlfriend's house. He's like, I know what to do. Oh, no. <laughs> so you can imagine what he explained. You know, Passover is, because you're talking about, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, you get the, the lamb, and you chop it, and you put the ketchup, and... <laughs> He he did, but I do like the symbolism of it. Yes, because it really did. It really did like show the true meaning. I don't know if I would have done it your way, (laughs) but then you know nobody does it the Mona Rose way, Terry. But I do like the fact that you brought that into it. Yes. So yes. So So back to Advent. (laughs) We're gonna go back to Advent. So today, the first Sunday of Advent is called the Sunday of Hope. So when you do light your Advent wreath. You're lighting the candle of hope. And I think about hope and you're waiting for something. You're, you're, you have hope that something's going to happen. And the, you know, the children of God, the Israelites, I think about when the first 
promise of the Savior was. And the first promise of the Savior was back in Genesis. Was the first time after the fall, after the first sin, when God says that he, you know, your son will. So anyway, <laughs> back to, so Genesis is when God first promises a Savior. So if you think about it, the Israelites had hope for a Savior for years before the birth of Christ. You know what? I was just thinking about this. Oh, man. Okay, so it's Mona Rose again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, Moses was kind of like a Savior. Oh, yeah. He was they definitely looked to him a, ar- as a Savior. Archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of neat. You know, he had it. He had it. He did the blood thing too. Oh yes. He probably yes. didn't use an Easter egg and ketchup. He probably did not use an Easter egg and ketchup. What are you just saying? Say you want us to look at you like a savior? No, no. <laughs> but maybe I have an excellent Advent story too. So, but I'm thinking. <laughs> but back to hope. <laughs> I'm just thinking when you know how long they waited and how long they hoped for a savior. And I thought about my own life. Like, I have hope for things, but have you ever given up hope? Like, you just, like, it's not going to happen. Like, you pray for something for so long, and you just go, it's not going to happen. And you kind of give up on God or give up on that he's going to answer your prayer. And I thought, well, if I had to wait for a Savior for that, I mean, we look backwards. We know that Jesus came. We look back to Jesus. But they were looking forward to a Savior, so their hope was going forward. We have a hope in the Savior that we already know has been here. Now we're waiting for the second coming. But I feel like, dang, would I have waited that long? Would I have had that hope kept alive in me for so long? Because I feel like that was a long time. It was a long time. Well, I can tell you, you know, since the time I was little, I came to California, I think I was four or five years old. They always talked about the big quake. The mm-hmm. big one is coming. The big one is coming. The, you know, be prepared. The big quake is coming. Okay, well, now I've been in California for, if I do the math, I won't do the math. But let's say several decades, <laughs> maybe half a century mm-hmm. even, the big one has not come. But we're still waiting for it. But we're still waiting, and scientifically we know it should be arriving. Mm-hmm. Because the signs point to it. Yes. And the signs, if we look at what's going on in the world... All the signs are pointing to the second coming. Yes. So that's, yeah. Well, when I think of hope, the one thing, as soon as we, okay, so we don't really talk about our podcasts. We just kind of show up and do them. Yeah. And, and somebody will throw a subject out there and we're like, okay, here we go. So when Terry used the word hope, the first thing I thought of was Viktor Frankl mm. in the concentration camps. Uh-huh. He's a Jewish psychologist who was, you know, interned in the camps. And he said that you could see when people lost hope, they died. Yes. And I don't mean they were executed. I mean, they would just die. And I've heard of similar things um, in World War II. Prisoners of war gave up. Mm-hmm. They just gave up. And I'm, one case in particular, the, the, the author was talking about somebody who just said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And laid down on their bed. And in two days, they were dead. Nothing different had changed. They just willed themselves to death. They had given up hope. Mm-hmm. So, well, 
couples do that too with elderly couples sometimes you know yeah. I don't know if it's really hope that they give up but they give up you know when one pa- spouse passes away they lose yeah the, yeah you know and then they pass away usually within a few months the same thing and it's nothing has changed other than their maybe I don't know if that really relates as far as hope, but the. But hope I think of there is hope of that connection the, and everything like that, and I think that's the same thing. Like hope. I think there is a psychological aspect to hope, hope. Mm-hmm. and I think it, you know, your body, your mind, your soul—they're all facets of a, of the same stone. And I think when you give up hope psychologically and physically, your body shuts down, and so, you know. We do, we, uh, you're right. I think, and I think the same thing, hope, you have, to, in order to have hope, you have to have, to have something to hope for. Yeah. So you have to have something that you're waiting for. Right. Like the Advent, we're waiting for the birth of Christ. And then we're, we're now in the process of waiting for the second coming. And I think hope gives you a reason to wake up every morning. Hope gives you a reason to go on and a reason... So like you said, if you your spouse has died, maybe you don't have a reason to give to go, you know, get up every morning. Luckily, a lot of people do and then they live a separate life, a bigger life or whatever because they keep that hope inside them. And I, I, yeah, what is the definition of hope? You think of hope as being that you <laughs> are looking for something better, mm-hmm. right? So whether it is a spouse and then the spouse is gone, then how they lose that, my life is not going to be better. You know, my spouse is gone. So now my life is going to be worse. So they lose that hope of, hey, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and we're going to have this enjoyable day or hope of people in a concentration camp or in prison that there's hope that it will be better, that they will get out. Mm -hmm. So if you lose that, like I'm here forever, or people get stuck in a situation of, you know, maybe financial troubles and think I am going to be in debt that forever. That's not going to be. Be- it's and never going to get better. So yeah. to me, is that is that what hope means to you? I it think like so. You want something better. You believe there's going to be. But I better think you can, It depends on also what you have hope in. True. And you're right. If your hope is in a material thing, and that material thing or person or whatever gets taken away then your hope can be taken away. But if your hope is more internalized... Hope for happiness? Hope for hope. hope. Yes, for love. Read that definition. Okay, okay, so this is from our sponsor, Wiktionary, <laughs> <laughs> who defines hope as a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. So, you know, hope is... It really is psychological and mental and spiritual because you are you're shutting down the negative mm-hmm. and and whatever's happening that is not positive you're saying okay I'm ignoring all of that and I'm looking over here on the right and I'm saying look yeah the burrito might be terrible it's the worst burrito I've ever had but I returned it and they're bringing me a new one and I'm looking over and I'm thinking the new burrito is going to be a lot better <laughs> How did she bring that to food? I love that. I love the way your mind thinks. But it makes sense, right? But yeah. You know, I mean, it's you are looking for your you're shutting down the negative something. and you're turning to the positive. And you have the expectation that life is going to get better and things are going to get better. And even no matter what awful thing is happening right now, 
the expectation is there that it can change. And when you lose that expectation that it can change or that you can make a different decision or you can make another choice, then, yeah, then you, you're left with nothing. Well, I really loved how you said, what is hope? It, what are you putting your hope in mm-hmm. or your expectation in? If it's materialistic things, we just went to a Brandon Burchard uh, meeting on uh-huh. Friday, or a, what do you want to call it? And he pointed out that he works with a lot of multimillionaires and people who have all this money and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And so you think about hope and the, the, what makes mm-hmm. gives you that hope is it mm-hmm. and it can't just be the material thing it about can't be. having money because there's a lot of unhappy people mm-hmm. who aren't yeah. happy and don't have hope for a better future even though they have all these material things so what is it that gives you hope beyond materialistic mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and i love the how he put it that it's helping others mm-hmm. it's finding that um something that gives you satisfaction and fulfillment and makes you happy by helping others Mm -hmm. and so can you have hope beyond that materialistic thing and I think that's why when we did have what was it 2008 and everything crashed and people with lots of money were losing lots of money and losing and you had those that were committing suicide like crazy like they they did not have hope that it could ever get better but yet there were others that thrived during that part because they had hope. Yes, I made the money once, I can make it again. Or I did this once, I can do it again. Same thing with marriage. I had a fantastic marriage once. And I know people that have had second marriages when their spouse is gone that have just been as satisfying and as amazing and as, you know, wonderful as the first. It'd be different. But it can still be wonderful. Life can still be wonderful even if you lose a job. Was your hope in that job? Or is your hope in your ability to do something just as amazing at another place? I think it really has to do with your worldview. You know, are you a positive person? Are you looking for the good? Or are you more negative and you see everything is black and bad and terrible and you know you're gonna bounce a check and the bank is gonna charge you and you know or you're gonna think well you know I will learn from this I will get you know there there is always a positive side of everything Mm -hmm. even if you don't see it right away and I think that's what hope is you are hope you are looking for the positive in Mm -hmm. every situation so even when the Israelites, I mean, were slaves, and they still hoped in um, God, and he brought them out of Egypt. And then they went through so much history of being slaves to other people, and the Roman, they were oppressed by the Romans, and they were still looking forward to when the Savior was coming. It doesn't matter if you're a hopeful person, and you have hope in God, then you know that God is going to bring you through whatever. Whatever is going on in your life, God is going to bring... And not only is he going to bring you through it, I think my hope, when I have been through some really awful things, is my hope has always been that God is using this, God is allowing this, God is perfecting me. If you think of like um, iron, not iron, but gold, and it has to be refined... And it has to be refined by heating it up and everything. I think, I feel like sometimes the things that I've gone through, God has refined me. 
and I have hope that he will continue to refine me. So no matter what, and life is never going to be perfect in sight of heaven, but my hope is that it will be perfect when I get to heaven. So what it feels like to me, what I hear you saying is hope is based on faith and belief. Uh-huh. Again, comes back to mindset with, with uh-huh. Victor Frankl. Uh-huh. It's, no matter, he was here, he was an, a, a prisoner and being tortured, and yet he, he said that he had more freedom than uh-huh. the prison guards. Yeah. Because it's the mindset and the yes. faith. The faith gives you that hope. Uh-huh. If you don't have faith, that yeah things might be bad right now but i believe i have a if you have a belief or a religious belief then you're going to have hope mm-hmm. as long as you don't give up your faith mm-hmm. that things will be better there is a reason there is a purpose that whatever you're going through you god will take care of you mm-hmm. and he will protect you no matter what yeah well that is one of the things that victor frankel talked about is the one thing they can control your body or your food or your clothes or whatever the material things they cannot control your mind the they, world cannot control your mind they can't it is up to you or us or it is up to us to choose to have a positive outlook and look for the good no matter how small or incremental it is it could be the butterfly floating by mm-hmm. you know it's us it is up to us that is our job is to look for the beauty in life mm-hmm. you know i mean it's all here god created this for us so why not enjoy well that's it? the beauty of i mean when you look at the difference between god created animals and god created humans i know people love their dogs Okay, I'm not, this is not about that. But there is a huge difference, and humans are the only thing that God created that has that ability to change their mindset like that. We have the ability to not, to become victors instead of victims, to see the good instead of seeing the bad. You know, bad things are going to happen. That is part of life, and God even tells us that it is going to happen. And yet we can have victory during all of it, if we choose. It really is a choice. Uh, You know, I know lots of people grew up in difficult situations. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who grew up basically in a barrio. Mm -hmm. And while she was young, like elementary school, she said she looked around and she said, why are we living here? Why are we living like this? Mm -hmm. Why did my mom choose for us to live here? And she decided at that point she would never live in a barrio when you know it was up to her she would never live in the barrio again and she made her every choice she made in her life was based on that i'm not going to live like this i don't want to be around these people i don't want to around i don't want my family around these people so she ended up in medical school and you know she made the choices to get out of that situation mm-hmm. and i think everybody Everybody has that. We all do. And that's ha- and it's a choice. Said, she it's looked the at only it and said, I don't like have. this. I'm going to do something else. And I know it doesn't matter what situation is going on. Every situation has happened to somebody else in the past. And there are people that have drowned in their situations and people that have risen up in their situations and become better people and helped others and changed the world going through the same thing that somebody else is going through right now that feels hopeless and I love that you said that because 
what you had said, Mona Rose had said about that is our job to look for happiness and to look for the good things in life. But I think it goes a little beyond that. That is true. But it goes to what Terry was saying. Our job is not just to look for happiness, but to share it with others. Yes. So when we have gone through these mm -hmm. difficult times, we can share that experience and give that hope mm -hmm. to others who are going through it. And I think that's what actually reinforces mm -hmm. our happiness and our faith is to be able to see the light in other people from what we were yeah. able to give to them. And not, not that it's easy to do <laughs> because it is easy to, you know, just think, oh, woe is me. But if we can rise above that and have faith and have hope and share it with others, then I think we're going to really have a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. We can change the world that way. We are changing the we world that way. We are changing the world. <laughs> Three women right here. We're changing Three women. The world. Yes. We just saw our analytics for 2023. We, we are global. We are global. We are smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> so you better be listening to 2024 because we will change your lives. Yes. Yes. In a and, good way. In a good way. And that is, that's, we have hope yes. for 2024, ladies and gentlemen, whoever are listening, that is our goal. 2024 is going to be our year mm -hmm. for change, mm -hmm. for the better. Yes. And we have hope for that. We have hope for that. And we want to bring you along on the ride, so... Listen, oh, listen, <laughs> subscribe, share. Use, it says that we are shared by a lot of people share us. So if you do that, make sure you share this podcast with all of your friends, family, whoever you know, because we'd love to have them listen. And there is we no appreciate place else that they're going to hear the Mona Rose version of how things go. <laughs> and an Easter egg with ketchup. It, it You're was right. like a lamb. It was, I did it like a lamb. It was very. I, I thought that was very creative. I'm a little I'm concerned a, for you. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to use a real lamb, okay? <laughs> okay. So glad to hear that. Yeah. And it was just ketchup. I'm glad for that. Yes, it was just ketchup. Yeah, just ketchup. So. Okay, so on that note, we are three, three women of a certain age. age.